Welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend Phil Vecchio, and on this episode we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 11 of Family Ties. This episode is titled Paper Lion, and it originally aired on December 11th, 1986. And with me as always to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Phil, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm glad that we're back at it. It is good to be back. Back in the saddle again. <laughs> yes. It seems like it's been forever. It has been quite a while. We've had a, our summer hiatus, trips, and all kinds of adventures, and we're back. Yes, we are. We're ready to get back to the Keatons. So we're in the middle of season five here. Yeah. We kind of stop mid-season. When I pulled out the DVDs to watch tonight... I couldn't remember where we left off. That's how long it's been. Oh, yeah. I had to yeah. like, go and look, see what was the last episode we posted. So I keep notes in my phone as I watch the episode. And then I got smart because, you know, I had the same problem to where right. I label the episode that it is that I'm talking about. So That's that way smart. I know what's next. So then because I'm watching it still on Paramount. So then I always have to make sure like, OK, you know, is this the right episode? And Right, right. Because otherwise that would be bad. Sometimes those are in the wrong order or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that we're back at it because I really miss the Keatons. I do, too. Before we get into talking about this episode, we want to remind everyone that you can write to us at alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. You should write to us at alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to talk Keaton's or whatever. You can also, of course, join our Facebook group and like our Facebook page. Group for the friend of the Alex B. Keaton is my friend podcast. Pretty close there. Right? I'm glad that you mess it up, too, so that way I don't feel like it's just me always. I like to give myself a challenge, you know. (laughs) Yes. Oh, we started this group. I wonder, like, what was the thought process? What did that look like for you to go, oh, I've got an idea. Yeah, it was basically, what's the longest name I can give that's the most literal name that I can give, man? That's you win. what I came up with. Yeah. Well done, sir. And speaking of awards and plaques, I think I'll, I'll get one made for you. Most literal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> most literal. Most that's literal good. namer. I would literally enjoy that. Oh. oh. I think I gotta get the, the button, the drum kit or something, you know, to play off stage there <laughs> we need you to get like one of those morning news hour type of special effects things oh Whoa, yeah you know oh yeah <laughs> burn i don't know i don't really listen to that but i imagine those are some of the sounds <laughs> right exactly morning radio right yeah yeah okay. shock jock you know yeah oh that's funny well janelle has been excited for us to get back to doing this as well janelle my wife for those of you that don't know because she said she doesn't have stuff to listen to on her commute to work, and she's driving around a lot. So, oh, what she needs, she needs more of the Phil and Keith hour here. Oh, nice. Well, you know, I'm glad that we can oblige, and also it might be the best hour in between all the Bachelor stuff that I'm sure will be coming soon. Oh, yes. There's always. I feel like it never. It's more like waves. It never really goes away. It just like has <laughs> peaks and troughs. Yeah. 
<laughs> Peaks and it's, a, it's a constant onslaught, though. There's there's really no no true break from it. No. Well, I can't wait to hear her thoughts about the Golden Bachelor. So, oh yeah, I'm right. hoping well, she'll talk be about that. Them. I'm sure. I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Bachelor. Remember the Golden Spoon? That was a really good ice cream place. I don't remember the Golden Spoon. No, it was like a chain around Southern California. Maybe they didn't have them in Yucaipa, I don't know. No, we had the Baskin Robbins, and then yeah. we had the the Rite Aid. Really, that's all you need. That's what I think, too. Although I've heard that a lot of good things about like Ruby's, and then also the Element Shaved Ice. And I see stuff that gets posted every once in a while, and I'm like, oh, that actually looks really good. Did notice that we got a Cold Stone recently in Yucaipa. Yes! That's pretty exciting on the ice cream front. Yeah, we used to have one before, and then it closed up. Right, and they opened a new one. In a whole different place. Maybe after we go to our German restaurant oh. that you're, we're going to go to together, Yes, we can go stop by Cold Stone for dessert. Mm, the German potato salad is so good. Do they have dessert in German restaurants? What do they have for dessert? So they do, actually. They have German pastries and cakes, and they have the horns that have like chocolate on them and almond slivers. They actually had tapioca, which is a weird thing, but... Oh, I love a good tapioca. Gross. Nope. No, I'm serious. No, I believe you, but it's disgusting. You're going to say it's for old people, I know. I am going to say that because only <laughs> old people like can see the benefit of eating that. It's disgusting and terrible. I love old people desserts. <laughs> I love rice pudding. I love tapioca. I love bread pudding. I love anything that's mushy and super sweet. I love it. Yeah, I'm out 100%. <laughs> Those are not, not, a, not a few of my favorite not things. Not for you, huh? No. I'm telling you, you're I missing thought, out. I thought you were going to stop when you said, I love old people. <laughs> well, I do love old people and the foods that they like to eat after their main meal. So I do like applesauce. Applesauce is good. But man, a good rice pudding with like those plump raisins in it. Oh, come on. Gross. Come on. Come Those on with the, the come on. No, but I will tell you the best thing about Georgia's that you can get for dessert is you can go and check out their Haribo section or Harbo or however you say it because right, it's right. German and you have no idea what you're buying sometimes and what flavors it is. But, oh my gosh, so good. There's a Ferkel, which is like a pig and it turns out it's strawberry. It is amazing gummy. So good. So when we went to Germany on our Europe trip, we just went in there for like a day. We crossed the border like in our car from Denmark to Germany, right? And so on the way back, they have like a, I don't know what you call it, but like, you know, one of those stores they have right before the border, like think like a duty-free shop at an airport, but I don't know what you call it there. Oh, yeah. You know, where you can get all your like last minute stuff, right? Okay. They had a huge section, like most of it was candy and they had a huge like gummy section there. Mm, and yeah. we went like nutsos and got like tons of stuff there because like oh this looks good that looks good so oh. that was like one of our main experiences with Germany was going and like getting gummies at the the candy shop oh, by the yeah. border and then they have these cookies that they bring out at Christmas it's like literally a windmill and then they have just like that the windmill with whatever the flavor of the cookie is which is real good with like tea or coffee or any of that kind of stuff right. they have another one that has chocolate on the back oh that mm. one's so good. Game changer. Is Toblerone German? Yes, they have that there as well. Because we got that there as well, but I wasn't sure if that was just something they happened to have or if that was actually German. And then they have a rotating tap of beer, which I know doesn't excite you. 
No, but I like no. it real well, and we're getting to we're getting into Oktoberfest. I thought you were going to say a rotating tapioca something, and I was like, "Wait, there's more than one kind of tapioca." <laughs> yeah, this is no, really gross and grosser. All kinds of puddings: a vanilla yeah. pudding, a chocolate pudding. I like butterscotch, so I know that that's kind of probably a weird flavor for me, but uh, well, I, I like butterspot butterscotch pudding. That's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. What kind of pudding? <laughs> Butterspotch. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Butterspotch. Butterspotch. Mmm. Butterspotch. Well, we've got a lot of German food to have here. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and none of it is Keaton related. But it is delicious, I'm assuming. <laughs> it is actually delicious. And this was a delicious episode that we just watched. It was. It left me a little high and dry, though, because there was no Nick and no Skippy, and I really wanted to come back with a bang and get into the, those guys, you know? No Nick, no Skippy, no Nippy. <laughs> no Nippy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, instead of teasing it, I think we should jump into it. Let's talk about this episode. Sha-la-la-la! This episode's rundown is, like, I think it's a little different. It's It was a very simple, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, B story. I feel no. like it was pretty much all A. Yeah, the B story, I think we finished up like in the first couple of scenes, really. Yeah, we the opening of the episode, there's a debate running about what kind of clothes Andy should be wearing. Mallory and Jennifer want to take him shopping because he doesn't have anything casual to wear because Alex has been buying him all kinds of these, you know, fancy business clothes or whatever. And eventually Alex walks in with Andy and Andy's wearing like a... And I said, like, a captain suit, a sailor suit. So yeah. I don't know exactly what it is. Something like that. That's what I wrote in my notes, too. A sailor suit, and he's got the captain's hat and everything. Right. And Alex calls it, like, his casual clothes. He says he's going to go out and, like, kick a ball or something like that. <laughs> oh, you know, don't be afraid to slide into home base in those. Those are meant to be roughed up. And so <laughs> the only other thing that comes of that is a little bit later... After some other stuff happens, Mallory and Jennifer bring him back in, and after they've taken him shopping, he's wearing, like, a leather jacket and sunglasses and stuff. And so yeah, He's got the Nick outfit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> exactly. Although, Alex calls it, he said he, he's dressed like Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. <laughs> which is a Mel Gibson movie, post-apocalyptic in Australia. I guess people probably know about that now since they still have made, like, modern sequels. Well, there was two. Wasn't there Mad Max and then Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? Yeah. There was and, there was three original ones, I think, and then they rebooted it. Oh, dang. Okay, three. Times. Holy cow. Yeah. Mad Max, I think it was Mad Max 2 and then Mad Max 3 Beyond Thunderdome, I believe. Oh, okay. They didn't make That's, Mad Max Electric Boogaloo? I don't. I think they skipped that one. <laughs> oh, okay. In favor well, of bringing Tina Turner in for the third one. <laughs> so... Oh. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of the entire B story there. The main thing that we are looking at here in this episode is Alex. He's like an assistant to his economics professor, Professor Rhodes, who apparently he mentions later on is his idol. He's a man who is his mentor and who he's modeled his entire life after, which which I don't think we've ever heard him mentioned before. <laughs> no, never. And I'm sure we won't hear him mention it again. But yeah, so this is uh, his economics professor. He looks up to him. He's actually his assistant, and he's been helping him prepare an academic paper. This is a economics theory that he's going to get published, you know, in an academic journal. And there's kind of a whole story about how the professors have to 
it's not just about teaching anymore. In college, they have to perform by by publishing papers, and and it's kind of put this unnecessary pressure to put these papers out. So there's this big, exciting paper mm-hmm. that they're working on. Alex is going to be able to get his name on it because he's helping prepare it. The episode opens up, Annie comes in, and then eventually we find out that Professor Rhodes is coming over to the house to bring over the final data <laughs> from the paper. There's a great running guy in this episode, too, where Alex says, oh, he's bringing over the final data. Do you know what that means, Dad? And Stephen's like, well, I'm going to guess it means he's bringing over the final data. And he's like, no, it means blah, blah, blah. And he keeps doing this all throughout the episode. Like, oh, Dad, do you know what this means? And he says it, and he's like, look, I'm not going to guess anymore. I've been burned by this before. <laughs> I'm not going to fall gonna for that one anymore. Just a great running gag oh, with Steven. I love that part. He's so great. So the professor comes over and brings the papers for Alex to kind of go over and do the final calculations. They're very excited about this. Uh, while he's over, actually, he you know they're talking economics, and Mallory is like, oh, this is... This is so boring. And he, Professor Rhodes decides to explain to Mallory how economics relates to her. And so he has this great analogy about a skirt. Imagine there's a skirt that's in the window of the shop. And she's like, okay. She's automatically tuned in. And he's like, there's a blouse that only goes with that skirt. And you want to buy both of them. But then you find out the skirt's not available anymore. Do you still want to buy the blouse? She's like, no, because I won't have anything to wear it with. And he's like, see, there you go. You understand economics. And she's like, what happened to the skirt? And he's like, oh, no, that's not important. What color was the skirt? It doesn't matter. That was just a metaphor. And she's like, you, sir, you know nothing about economics. <laughs> and then she, she storms away. Me. I was like, oh. After the professor leaves, Alex stays up all night. He's working on the calculations, going over to, to make sure the numbers are all correct. And we see him the next morning. I think it's the next morning, or maybe it's late at night. I can't remember. But Stephen and Elise come in. Alex has been working on this for hours. There's papers strewn all about, and he's very upset. And they're like, oh, I can't believe you're still working on this. And he says, well, there's a problem. The numbers don't add up. And because of that, it means the entire thesis is wrong and the paper is invalid. Elise asks, are you sure? Maybe you like miscalculated something. And then the look he gives her is so classic. Like, oh my gosh. Like, of course I didn't make a mistake. Right. My numbers are perfect. (laughs) So Alex is very upset about this and he goes into the professor's office, Professor Rhodes' office, and he breaks the news to him that it, the numbers aren't right. And Professor Rhodes is very upset, you know, obviously. And he, that's when they kind of talk about the importance of the papers and to the professor. And Alex leaves knowing that he's no longer going to be presenting this paper to him at the awards ceremony later on. Which, of course, Alex is also like the MC host of the awards ceremony. Well, sure. I mean, obviously, that would be his yeah. position. He's like the most gregarious economic student, probably. You know? <laughs> probably. Well, based on the performances and the presentations yeah. we heard, it's, it's absolutely true. true. He is. <laughs> yeah. So right after Alex leaves the office, we stay in there with the professor, and he picks up the phone and calls the dean or president of the university or whoever whoever is his uh, supervisor, and tells them that the paper's ready to be published and they're going to present it at the thing, which, so now we know, he's going to present it even though the numbers are not valid. Even though it's false, he's going to publish it anyway because he's got to have this in order to keep his career. The pressure's on, man. He's a dinosaur. Hence. So, next day, Alex is upset there you know, at the kitchen, and he's like, oh, man, I'm not going to get this award, and it's such a bummer that this isn't going to work. And he gets in the mail the program, 
for the that night's event. And he's like, oh, I don't even want to look at it. And then Mallory's looking through it, and she's like, oh, I recognize this one. This is the one that the professor was talking about. And Alex rushes over, and sure enough, in the program, it still shows that he's presenting this paper. Alex is like, just like so upset about it. And he goes back and speaks to him. And he says like, you know, obviously you can't do this. And he's like, no one's going to know any difference. You can mess this up for me, but don't do that because I really need this. This is important. And Alex is torn. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He's so upset. Meanwhile, at the award ceremony, Stephen, Elise and Jennifer all are sitting there in the audience. Mallory has pretended to have the flu. They're all wishing they had had the foresight to do that as well. <laughs> well, and apparently they, they've gone to uh, multiple years worth of this banquet. So Jennifer says it's like being in a room full of Alex's. <laughs> but then as soon as, Je- as Alex comes over, they pretend that they're into it. And Jennifer's like, oh, some of my favorite economists are here. So another professor, Professor Marshall. She's up there giving like a long, boring economics presentation. And as she wraps it up, Alex goes up front and... He has to present, man, I didn't write down the name of the award, a a big award for an economics paper. And the award does not go to him. He calls out the wrong name. He first says, oh, it goes to Alex P. Heaton. And then Professor Marshall jumps up and is like, no, it doesn't. And he's like, oh, Eve Kimball. Sorry, that's an E. I I read it wrong. And so Eve Kimball, the true (laughs) recipient of the award, comes up. Alex kind of, like, you know, jumps on her as soon as she's like, thank you. I want to thank my professors. He's like, that's it. You're done with time. And kind of ushers her off because he's upset about it. And finally, it's time for the paper presentation. And Alex gives this impassioned speech. This is where he talks about how Professor Rhodes is like his mentor and his idol. And he just knows that he looks up to him because he always does the right thing. And he's, you know, integrity and ethics. And he's really laying it on thick here. By the end of his speech, Professor Rhodes gets up and then he confesses that he was going to publish this paper, even though it was false. But there's big shock through the room, of course. And... You know, he says that he realized tonight someone showed him that that wasn't what economics is really about or blah, blah, blah. And everyone winds up, like, applauding him at the end. Yeah. He basically says, I'm a liar and a fake and a fraud. Yeah. And then everybody's and they, like, yay! Because he did the right thing. I think maybe they were just applauding because the evening was over and they didn't have to sit through any more economics talk. So That's 100% it. I know the Keatons were excited <laughs> for that Keatons part. The Keatons were definitely... <laughs> So the final scene, you know, Alex talks with the with Professor Rhodes and he tells him, you know, he's proud of him that he did the right thing. And, you know, they, they understand each other and they reconcile and everything's great. And then, oh, I suppose I didn't mention this, but throughout the episode, Alex keeps trying to give him a hug and he refuses the hugs. And so finally, at the end, Alex goes in for a hug and it's like, oh, I, I get it. Hug is understood. And then Professor Rhodes is like, no, hug required. And they give a big hug, and we get a freeze frame. Well, no, he was standing there next to the professor, and he was smiling, and he he turns real fast and grabs that plaque from her hand, and then the photographer is trying to get a picture of Alex and the professor. Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, ah, this should have been mine. He was very jealous. He wanted to have that, and he didn't get it, but he got a picture with it. (laughs) The gorgeous commemorative plaque that was pretty plain. Well, for economics, I guess that's pretty exciting, right? They should have put a couple of numbers on it. (laughs) Too flashy. (laughs) Oh, that was funny. I mean, that's pretty much what happened in the episode. It was very, like, like I said, very straightforward. There weren't a lot of twists and turns. 
No, definitely not, not a lot of twists and turns. And it was one of those uh, emotional episodes that makes you really kind of consider, you know, your, your focus in life. With interesting stakes, though, because, I mean, I'm sure they probably did some, you know, research as far as, like, economics terms and stuff. But it also just kind of sounded like a lot of gibberish. So, yes, you know, yes, 100%. I get, like, obviously the morality of, like, publishing something that's false or whatever, but it really didn't seem like it was something that would have, like, that big of an impact on anyone, you know? It's not like they were publishing, like, a medical journal where someone could get hurt, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they weren't coming up with a whole new system of money and, right. and payments or something. Not to mention, if it was that easy for Alex in one night to, like, go through and realize it didn't work, like, if they did publish it, I feel like that would make him look worse because immediately everyone would call him on it and be like, oh, this doesn't work. And then he would look dumb instead of, you know. And how do you let 45, 40 years of your life into this and then you don't know how to do the math to double check it first? Or Right. It seemed odd that they got all the way to the final part of it before they figured out that it was incorrect. Right. How did they get that far? How did Alex work on the project with them that long and it didn't work? Exactly. But again, I... Did not pay super close attention to the actual economics terms they said. So I suppose someone who knows more about that might have some more insight because I really didn't. I was I was the Jennifer in that scenario where like as soon as they were talking about, I was like, I mean, I guess they're probably saying things. I don't know. Yeah, they were definitely saying things. But they were. It didn't make sense to me either. Even uh, the analogy that he gave to, to Mallory about it. Like, he didn't tie it into, like, what they solved. He was just like, oh, imagine there's this blouse and, you know, there's this skirt that matches it. And I'm like, okay, but how does that tie into what you're doing? Because the principle he was saying was that the value of something is, like, dependent on the availability of something else or whatever. But I don't think that that's what they made up. It seems like a pretty basic concept. I mean, that kind of ties into, like, supply and demand almost at that point. So, Well, or it's like if there's double-A batteries and then all, they stop manufacturing the things that need double-A batteries, you don't need double-A batteries anymore. That's what they're saying, but that's that's a basic idea. That's not something they invented. So I don't know what their paper was about. So imagine you had Voltron, and if they made a robot that only needed three lions to make it a full robot instead of five... Just kidding. <laughs> I looked over and saw my Voltron on the bookshelf here, and I was like, oh. Do you want just the left leg if you can't get the chest? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want the left leg. That's the yellow one. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Nobody wants the yellow one. <laughs> no. Sha-la-la-la. Well, shall we talk some guest stars here? Oh, please do. We had actually four credited guest stars on this episode. And I... Had- racked my brain about uh, Professor Rhodes, and I think I have narrowed down where I know him from. Interesting. Okay, well, he's credited last, so we'll get to him in a minute. Perfect. I like it. first one credited is Professor Marshall. She's the one Mm -hmm. who was presenting beforehand, played by an actress named Lisa Sloan. Lisa Sloan has been in only 15 things, 15 credits. Oh, wow. Um, As an actress. The last one was in 2002, so she's not really currently doing stuff. Mostly one-offs on uh, TV shows, L.A. Law, Dallas, Matlock, Our House. Did a couple of movies in the 80s, like Blue Heaven, not my Blue Heaven, but Blue Heaven. And The River. She did an episode of Fantasy Island. Just a few things here and there. Nothing major. This is her only episode of Family Ties. However, there's one other interesting connection here. So, in addition to being an actress, she also had a couple of credits as additional crew 
And on the movie Teen Wolf 2, she was a production secretary, which was the year after this. Now, not Teen Wolf that had Alex B. Heaton. I mean, that had uh, Michael J. Fox in it. But Teen Wolf 2 that had Jason Bateman in it, which is Justine Bateman's brother. Right. And you know what's funny? I don't know if you listen to that. uh, You know, he does a podcast with uh, Sean Hayes and Will Arnett called Smartless. Yeah, it's real fun, real good podcast. Um, I would say check it out, but don't. Just listen to our episodes. Alex <laughs> Keaton is my friend over right. and over on repeat. Right, 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 yeah. But no, it's a real good show. And then those guys com- always are hazing him about Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, Will Arnett is fast and funny. Like, he comes up with some really funny things. And uh, they'll be like, oh, you know, because I guess his schooling was kind of weird. Like, he his, his school was on a bus. And then huh. the bus would take them to their video shoots or, you know, whatever they were doing. And then so they would do school in the back of this bus as they were headed to the next location or whatever. So how funny. Kind of interesting. So that's interesting. a fun it's been a fun show to listen to. All right. Well, if you've done listening to all of our shows, that could be one that you could check out for sure. Maybe. All right. Up next, we have Eve Kimball. This is the girl who Alex was trying to upstage. To get her award. She was played by an actress named Amy Benedict. She's got 46 acting credits. Quite a few, like, I guess indie movies, stuff I've not heard of all throughout. Her most recent thing she's in is 2021. Oh, okay. So she's still actively acting. She has done, like, some episodes of TV shows like Law & Order, Grey's Anatomy, you know, where she does a one-off, 24, CSI, that kind of thing. ER, General Hospital, a number of medical things. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, so she's got, like, a a Trek under her belt. Wow. Like, as a series regular? No, just just a one episode. Oh, okay. As a woman. Oh, okay. Still, woman in Star Trek, you know. Yeah, they narrowed it down for us. (laughs) They did. But this is her only appearance in Family Ties, and... It's actually only her second acting credit ever that was, like, one of her first things that she did. She did a good job with Michael J. Fox, then. Yeah, she played off him very well. Good uh, mm-hmm. good chemistry there for the brief scenes they were in together. And she's obviously brilliant. She won an award. That's right. You can't just give those out to anyone. No, no, no. You have to earn them. So that's Amy Benedict playing Eve Kimball. Then we have the photographer got a credit. Oh, photographer okay. took the pictures was played by Jane Downs. She did have a couple lines, you know, asking them to pose and whatever. Yeah, that's true. So we'll mention her. We got seven acting credits. So I'm just going to read them because there's not that many. She did one episode of Will and Grace, NYPD Blue, Coach Burke's Law, 11 episodes of Dynasty in the 80s. And then one episode of Family Ties as a photographer. And this is her first acting credit ever. Again, you know, they're putting newbies on the show. Family Ties discovered a lot of people. Yeah, they did. And without that, we might not have ever had nurse in Philly or receptionist in Coach. (laughs) Oh, in the TV show Coach with Craig T. Nelson? Craig T. Nelson, Mr. Incredible himself. Right? I like him. Was not a huge fan of Coach, though, just FYI. He's America's coach. Yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I think yes. And finally, we have Professor Lloyd Rhodes, who is played by Mason Adams. Now, you said you think you might know what he's from. What did you think you knew him from? So, he did commercials 
Um, I'm going to go within the 80s. And I'm pretty sure he did Smucker's. Smucker's Jelly. Oh, that yep. like deep voice? Yes. That's interesting. Okay, I'm going to look. You, okay, yeah, look it up. I also thought, did he do some of the Orville Redenbacher popcorn commercials? Um, you are totally right here. Uh, so it's got a list of a bunch of commercials he did. Mattel Aquarius Home Computer. Nuprin Pain Reliever. Almost said pain oh. believer. Smuckers. He was the voice for Smuckers. That's like okay. a. You know, it's funny. Like now that you say it, I totally can hear it in my brain because he had like a very distinctive voice, but I didn't like connect it until you said it. Wait, he also did a commercial for Cadbury. Cadbury for the eggs. eggs. Yep, Cadbury yes. eggs. And it oh, says the commercial gosh. still ran like into like oh. you know into the modern times. Yes, into the two thousands. I want to say. Yep. Yeah. Because it was the one where the bunny was there and it was making the chicken noise. That's it. I mean, he did a lot of like mm. stage appearances that has listed on here too, but that's for commercials. That was the main ones. A few other little things here and there. But yeah, like that's two pretty well known voice acting things. I I didn't realize that. I didn't pick yeah. up on that. So I know what he was in movie wise or TV wise. Besides that, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but. But yeah, I remember that voice and I was like, Heidi, who is this guy? And she was like, I don't know. And I said, wait a minute, close my eyes. And I closed my eyes and because they used to run the Smuckers commercials often during Price is Right. Yeah. Oh, I I mean, I definitely know. I, as soon as you said Smuckers, I can picture that voice and yep. the Cadbury one. Yeah. It's very. Oh, yeah. Man. Okay. Well, you got that was the Cadbury eggs. I know. How come they only have them once a year? Well, they don't if you buy a bunch of them. That's true, but they never last. Even we've done that oh. before. They never <laughs> oh. last. <laughs> yeah. I'm if you put them we've... in the freezer, there's a chance you can kind of forget about them a little bit. But then, like, it gets hard to peel the tin foil out of them. That's true, especially if like the soft center there is starting like, to leak out, out a little bit. But it sure does taste good. Oh, I love Cadbury eggs. Me Man, too. I I did not know this was going to go there. I'm impressed. I might not have ever looked at that because I didn't. I just was looking at his main acting credits, not like commercial roles. So yeah, it took me a long time, and I wasn't sure. I mean, obviously until you looked it up. So <laughs> yeah, well, you nailed it, Mason nice. Adams, the voice of Smuckers. Yep. Well, some other highlights. So he has 75 acting credits because they don't. Or no, 76. They don't put commercials normally on there. I guess unless it's like really significant. That was in like the trivia section about him. That's why they had the oh, list. Oh, okay. He was in a ton of stuff, like all kinds of movies, TV shows, some highlights. He was in Son-in-Law, the uh, Polly Shore the movie. Polly Shore movie and Carla yes. Guccino or something. That was like my favorite of the Polly Shore movies. Although Jury Duty was up there for me too. Well, so we just watched Encino Man recently. Oh, He's I did love Encino Man too. Pretty good in Encino Man. Yeah. Probably sure. Who knew? Let's see. Some other highlights here. Mason Adams, Family Matters, Perry Mason, oh. Murder, She Wrote, Matlock. This is his only episode of Family Ties. I think oh. I kind of hinted at that before. We don't get to see yeah. him after that. He probably was like quietly fired off screen, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they pushed him right out of the college after that. He didn't have anything to publish. Yeah. So he also, another interesting voice acting thing he did. He did quite a few animated movies specials from when we were kids for mm-hmm. instance he was in mm. the grinch grinch's the cat in the hat oh in like 1982 he was the voice of the cat in the hat so oh. we're talking like the old older stuff you know yeah he was in like raggedy ann and andy specials like things like 
they used to show reruns of, like around Christmas time, you know. But anyway, his acting career goes all the way back to 1947. So he Holy did a lot cow. of stuff. Phil Silver's show, all kinds of things. We will definitely remember him as the Smuckers guy. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, an actor like that who's got 75 or 76 credits to his name is like, yeah, I'm the Smuckers guy. Well, you know, I mean, it worked because I still remember it to this day. That's that's a good commercial. Right? His performance was uh, top notch, top tier. I wonder if like, <laughs> they get paid every time that commercial airs. Is that how it works? I have no idea. I would think so. I mean, if that's the case, like his estate's probably still getting money from the Cadbury commercials. They're still going. I mean, <laughs> they will forever. Well, that was a good find, Keith. Very impressed. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Sha-la-la-la. There weren't a lot of jokes per minute in this episode. I think the Steven bit was probably one of my favorites, though, just because yeah. Steven is so funny when he just is like, nope, you're not going to get me again. Uh-uh. He <laughs> does that go finger shake. And <laughs> that was good. I thought it was also funny, though, when Alex is reading about interest rates and he starts to shed a tear. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Only Alex. Only Alex. Well, there's one more thing I wanted to bring up because... At one point, Alex was talking about how much he loves money. It was when he was making the appeal that even though he loves money, he would, you know, knows what's right and he's going to do the thing that's morally correct and stuff. And in that little speech, he said that he loves money so much he's going to name his kids after money. <laughs> and so I was thinking about it, like what names could be named after money. And I thought of two actual ones that are fairly common. Oh, okay. I was wondering if you thought of any names that could be named after money. Well, cash. Oh, see, I didn't even think about that. I mean, that's kind of a oh. newer, more modern one, right? Maybe Fiverr? <laughs> 50 Just Cent, me. right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 50, 50 Cent. <laughs> Boy, nothing's coming to my brain immediately here. Okay. Well, here's a couple that I thought of. Bill. Like oh. A dollar Bill. Uh, yep. And Penny. Oh, that's true. That's a great one. I thought of the coins, and I'm like, well, nobody's calling their kid Quarter. Quarter, yeah. Nickel. Nick for short. <laughs> oh, there you go. Maybe that's Nick's full name. We don't know. <laughs> Nickel Moore. <laughs> Nickel Moore. <laughs> then he had a brother, Michael Moore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Nickel Moore. Uh, sorry, that was really funny. <laughs> you like that? Yes, good. Well, yeah. Otherwise, what names is he going to give his kids? I don't know. Dime? I don't know. That's. I mean, those are the only ones I could come up with. Dollar? Maybe Franklin, just because the $100 bill sometimes is called, like, you know, Benjamin Franklin. That's true. Or Benjamin. It's all about the Benjamin. Yeah, it is all about it. But aside from uh, naming after... What about Buffalo Head? <laughs> Wooden. Yeah. <laughs> Wooden uh. <nickel. laughs> Yeah, no, that's interesting because there's, I, well, I mean, you came up with two, so that was really good. Yeah, well, cash, that's legitimate, too. I know that's, I mean, that wasn't like a super common one like when we were kids, but I've definitely heard multiple people with that name now. So we, when I went to youth group as a kid, there was a kid in the group and his name was Cash. Cash Owen. He was like ladies man 227, you know? Wow. Uh, he was He was the guy, but, and that was, I mean, 90s. Late 80s, okay. early 90s, probably. That was like junior high, high school. So that was the first interaction I ever had with somebody named Cash. 
So in the 90s, whenever he left a room, did he say cash out? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely would have. <laughs> no, but when he made a phone call, he always said cash call. <laughs> <laughs> From that bad commercial. Yeah. That's a yes. What about 1-800-COLLECT? Oh, wait. No. No. That doesn't tie in there. (laughs) Nope. No tie-in on that one. That's all right. Well, I'll I'll take my joke back from earlier then. All right. The one about the nickel? I'll take my nickel back. No. (laughs) No, no. You got to leave that one. That one was good. (laughs) Nickel. (laughs) Nickel Uh, back? No. (laughs) All right. It's bad. We're falling apart, Phil. I know. It's deteriorating quickly. What happened? (laughs) All this money talk. Right? Cash. Moolah. Doe. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Names is Cal Moo. Moolah. Oh, Buck. Oh, there you go. That could be one. Moolah. Yes. All right. Well, I guess there are some options. And when I first heard him say that, I'm like, there's not. What are you going to name your kid? But then there's some there's some options. Sadness, I think, maybe. <laughs> Broke. <laughs> 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 What's your name? Broke, Broke. P. Keaton. <laughs> oh. That would be funny, though, because then all of you, if he had a family, he could have Penny, Bill, Cash, Buck, you know, all of his kids. Oh, yeah. If he had the collection there, that would be that'd be pretty good. And Nickel, of course. <laughs> and Benjamin. Named after his uncle, Nickel. <laughs> They're going to keep that one private, though. Nickel Moore, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that makes me laugh hard. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably a good time to transition then. While we're laughing, is a little learning. What was the moral of this episode? Well, the moral of the episode is integrity and respect are far more important life lessons than award and prestige will ever be. It's true. Which is kind of funny because, you know, Alex P. Keaton obviously goes on to be uh, the secret of my success. And uh, he was a little more unethical in oh, that that's movie. that's true. So, yeah. That is true. But uh, he didn't take all those life lessons that he learned and apply them to his future projects. I guess not. You know, we watched a movie uh, over the summer on DVD, actually, with Michael J. Fox called Greedy. Have you ever seen that one? No, Greedy. It's a really good companion piece because his character... I mean, the basic premise is their rich uncle of this family um, is going to die. Everyone, like, kind of hates them, but they all stick around and mooch and, you know, try to, like, get him to like them so he'll write them into their will. Oh, interesting. Michael J. Fox is actually, like, the one character that's kind of not as greedy as the rest of them, which is kind of funny considering his Alex B. Keaton character. And then he did the Frighteners, and that was a whole departure from all of it. Right. Ghosts. Ghosts. Wasn't that Peter Jackson? I think Peter Jackson directed that. Pretty sure. I like that movie a lot. So, well, anyway, my moral is basically the same thing. Just be honest. I mean, I don't think it went any too much deeper than that for me. Because if he didn't, in the end, I feel like if he had just published that and it was wrong, that wouldn't have helped him at all. Wasn't a good idea to be dishonest. He should have just owned up to it in the first place. Honesty is the best policy. There you go. It's man, that's really good. You should coin that phrase. Ah, man, I just thought of it right now off the top of my head. Ooh, coin. That's a good name for a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe that's his last name. Coin Keaton? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that'll be his middle name. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be Bill Coin Keaton. Bill Coin Keaton. <laughs> Bill Coin. <laughs> Bill Coin Keaton. Check, please. <laughs> That'll be his uh, cousin, Check. <laughs> Check's cousin, Check. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but it'll be like the French spelling of it, so that way it's a little fancier. Oh, yeah. Like Q-U-E. <laughs> yes, exactly. Throw in that Q. Well, this has been a fun return to the show, Keith. Thank you so much for recording with me again. Well, thank you so much for sending over the contract over the summer so I could uh, sign that and get all the deets in there. Yes. So uh, we were ready to go. You know, it's my pleasure as always. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to finishing season five here of the uh, Family Ties uh, show. Me too. I know. It's going to be great. Got a lot of fun episodes coming up. And uh, who knows? Who knows what other excitement may go on behind the scenes? Oh, yeah. BTS behind the scenes. Yes, BTS. That's definitely the thing that that, those initials are most known for these days. Yes. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us. We love having you along for the ride, and we hope to hear from you. You can always write to us at alexbkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. Any final words, Keith? This would have been a really good time to have something funny to say, but nothing came to my brain immediately. Those were perfect final words. I loved it. Thank you, everyone. We're very thankful that we're all part of this Family Ties community. And that's going to do it for this episode. So keep the good work on. Keep the good work on. (laughs) So thank you guys all for joining us. Thanks for listening. And it's going to do it. So please join us next time for another very special episode of Alex Bikini is my friend. What What would we do? Without us, what would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do, baby, without us? Sha-la-la-la. I like butterspot- butterscotch pudding. That's good. Butterscotch. <laughs>